Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm my little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral. I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. In uh, the week of September 22nd, proper 20 in year C. Um, We are going to talk about a challenging gospel today. We can't make make sense of it, but we're going to try. And uh, we're going to do our due diligence and uh, and hold it in dialogue uh, in our good Anglican tradition. Our good Anglican tradition. We will do that. Um, but first, we have to get to our Faith to Go Instagram poll that we put up this past week uh, about the lost sheep parable uh, that we talked about in last week's podcast. Um, so the question was, uh, I put up the, the part of the gospel about uh, someone, the shepherd, uh, going out and finding the one lost sheep. Jesus asks, which, of, which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and goes after the one that is lost until you find it? And the question was, who's honestly leaving 99 sheep in the wilderness to find one? And that, the options were, I am, or, um, probably not. And, uh, um, probably not took, took the poll 75% to 25%. Uh, wow. You know, there was only a few very, very brave people that said that they were going to brave the wilderness and leave 99 sheep to find one sheep. Which so is just irresponsible. Question, well, and my question for you is, did both of you take the poll? I did not vote in the poll, but I would have oh. voted probably not. Okay. What about you, Maya? Um, probably not. That's too much of a risk. Okay. It really is so scary to think about. Very risky. Just for the record, if you ever get lost in the woods, you can count on me because I was the I am going to find that sheep. <laughs> oh, I believe it too. You'd, you'd go to the color high water. You're very I mean, is, thorough. Maybe, is it my favorite like, sheep? Like, is it my, like, the sheep that I have bonded the most with? You know, is, or is it just a sheep? You know, David, I, I realize. Whose sheep are they? Are they my sheep? Am I watching them for somebody else? You know? yeah. David, I realize that at this point you only have George, but I feel like it's really important <laughs> that I let you know that you're not supposed to have favorite children. <laughs> so the sheep are my children in this scenario. That's what you're saying. Am I a sheep in this scenario? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. I wish Jesus was more specific. Yeah. Thank all right. Well, thank you, everybody that took uh, the poll. Uh, for all those people that would brave the wilderness, we commend you. Uh, for those that said probably not. Uh, you know, you're doing a great job as well. (laughs) There's no no wilderness shaming out here. Um, But we need to uh, get into our gospel for this week. Uh, And before we do that, we want to to make sure you know that we always want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions, your comments, your stories from your week of faith discussion. We also want to make sure you take that, uh, check out that poll. Every Monday, we put one up on our Faith to Go Instagram story. 
Uh, so if you want to send us a uh, question, comment, stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection, you can send those to us via email, faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. You, sh- you can also uh, direct message us through Instagram at faith to go. And you can uh, get in contact with us through our website, myfaith2go.org, where you can also find all of those faith to go resources that we post every week, which are all based on the gospel. And the gospel for this week, again, uh, proper 20 in year C, which is Luke's gospel, is Luke 16, 1 through 13. So Charlotte is going to read the gospel, and then we're each going to take some time to highlight a point that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion or personal reflection. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through, oops, Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 50. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, Make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into their eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, Who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. All right. We have a challenging uh, story from uh, Jesus today. Challenging for a lot of reasons. This one is challenging because it's confusing. It's hard to, it's really hard to kind of piece together all these different parts that are happening all at the same time. So I think that there's just a, f- a few contextual things to go over before we jump into our points. The first one is where exactly this parable is falling in relationship to the rest of the Gospel of Luke. I think it's important to know that, that this is coming at the end of a string of parables, starting with the parable of the lost sheep, which we heard last week. But there's a parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, both of those we heard in the last week's podcast. Then the parable of the prodigal son, which we, which is not in this year's uh, lectionary, but does come up at other places. 
and then the parable of the dishonest manager, which is happening today. And then that's all. It's, so that whole thing is started by Jesus going and eating with tax collectors and sinners and the scribes and Pharisees ha- taking issue with that. And then he tells those four parables. And then that kind of section is tied up by saying in verse 14, which is right after the last verse of this story, the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all this and they ridiculed him. So it starts with the Pharisees. It ends with the Pharisees, and everything in between is kind of, you can kind of take as this one big block of parabolic teaching from Jesus. On top of that, there's a couple, I think there's a good amount of, of kind of cultural context that would be extremely helpful for us to have in interpreting and understanding this story of this household manager. So, I think that it's it's kind of unclear for a lot of interpreters and exegetes, people that are people, you know, who are New Testament scholars and, and trying to figure out things about, you know, the cultural context and what is really going on in these stories that Jesus is talking about. It's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are unclear about this story. There's things like what is it that this manager did in order to be considered dishonest and and what are the charges that were brought against him to the rich man whose household he is managing uh the other thing is when in the end uh when he cancels these debts from people and the household the rich man commends him for this what what are we to make of this what are we to make of that is is this legitimate is this uh, satirical is he being facetious? Is he is he being real? And then, and then the story kind of ends very abruptly, and Jesus goes on to do his own kind of interpretation of what he just said in the story. So there's just a lot happening, and it's and it's I think one of the reasons it is so challenging challenging is because it's not really clear what all the moving how to put all these moving parts together into one coherent whole so we're gonna do our best and uh i think that's it so uh maya has the first point i kind of wanted to highlight how jesus at the kind of at the end but also in the beginning like this is the jesus that we talked about when we were talking about this gospel that is kind of uncomfortable that isn't warm cuddly sermon on the mountain jesus and um Again, so I just wanted to kind of place it in the context, kind of like you did, David, of the other um, parables in Luke that um, we find this in. So we skipped. And also, I kind of want to point out how Jesus isn't, even though he's very stern in this gospel, like he is with the other ones, it isn't, I mean, like anything he says, we have to take it way past face value. And he isn't, he doesn't hate worldly wealth. He just hates when we don't have our priorities in order. And so he's calling us to reevaluate our priorities, just like um, how Jesus is calling you not to, like, go actively hate your family, but that following God earnestly and attentively um, is a commitment that's going to test all your other commitments, including Mm -hmm. the one to money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. That Jesus is not um, necessarily... Uh, drawing a line where uh, there's wealth on one side that's good and a lack of wealth 
on the other side, or wealth on one side that's bad and the lack of wealth on the other side that's good. And I, I think that the whole point, the whole thing about you can't serve two masters is, uh, is points to that. So I, I think that uh, gets into what I wanted to highlight about this story. I think that <clears throat> I, I appreciate the way that Jesus is using this story to kind of muddy the waters in my mind and blur the line between you know what is good and what is not, what is good and evil, what can be used for good and what cannot be used for good, what is within the power of God to use for our transformation and building of the kingdom of heaven, and what is not. So I think that what I appreciate about it is the way that uh, Jesus talks about this <laughs> this dishonest manager, uh, and the whole idea that it, it seems like what happens here is that this guy gets himself into a real bind, and he is, you know, potentially using. Like he's he's supposed to be kind of the the person watching over the estate and all the possessions of this rich person, and it seems like he's using those possessions to gain for himself. So maybe he's giving away oil and wheat and things like that in order to be paid back himself with interest or something like that. Who knows? But he's clearly using this other person's possessions for his own gain. And when this per- when the rich man finds this out, he's very upset because he doesn't want someone else using his possessions for their gain. And because this person is simply supposed to be, you know, keeping an account of what's going on in the household, not not going out of their way to put his, you know, estate at risk uh, by giving by kind of dispersing it all over the place. So. What I love here is that Jesus is saying, look at this guy, this guy that has done something really dishonest, who has, who has you know, been, been intentionally uh, trying to use other people, intentionally trying to use other people for his own gain, for his own security, to put money in his own pocket, who is, who is, who is using someone else's resources to benefit himself. This guy gets himself into a bind, but look what look what happens. He uses that money that, that that resource he has gained through this dishonest means to build relationship with people uh, in this crisis situation. So that even this guy, whose whole point is to is for his own self security, for his own well being, for his own gain, he's gone out and forgiven the debt of people that. That and and given away the the interest maybe that he would have gotten for himself, in order to, in order to be in in relationship with them, and even that being in relationship with them is does not have a great intention. You know, he's not looking to make friends. He's looking to have a place to be, to land safely uh, when he gets thrown out of this estate. Um, but I just I love this idea that Jesus is saying, look, even this like messed up situation where this guy's intention is all very self-centered he even this is being used to build relationship in the kingdom of god maybe like even this messed up thing in this guy's life is may may lead to something eternal it may it may lead to this guy living with you know one of these people that were his debtors and who knows what will grow from that that even in this t- most terrible of situations when this guy seems to be kind of in this utter crisis and at rock bottom, 
he's kind of flailing around, but in the end, builds relationship one way or the other. And so I, I love that idea that, that Jesus like, is saying, like, look, even this dishonest wealth, even, even this way that, that this guy has messed up, even the ways that we mess up, even those things can be used for our well-being, especially those things actually can be used for our transformation and, and building the kingdom of heaven. If there's, there's like some core, like cool nugget in there that I really appreciate from Jesus. Some cool nugget that I would love to find. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and I'm loath to say that I disagree with you, um, but I do think that it, I could at least say that maybe I'm coming at it from a different direction. That I, And I think that's one of the beautiful things about why we read the Bible and why we talk about the Bible is that then we get to come together in community and kind of hash out where we are with it um, and that we're all bettered through that conversation. Because for me, this is... Have you ever learned a lesson from a bad example? I feel like this parable is that. It's Jesus providing us with a bad example, an example of um, what it looks like to be dishonest so that then hopefully we choose the opposite, which isn't in this parable if we read down in verse 10, which I'll read for you in just a minute, not honesty, but faithfulness. And I think that that's really interesting that the two are played off against each other as opposite, that you have dishonesty and you have faithfulness. And if you're not faithful, you're dishonest. And if you're the opposite of dishonest, then you're faithful. And so we get down to verse 10 and we say, which is where Jesus starts talking about the parable instead of telling us the parable, which is whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. So basically saying, if you're going to be a cheater, like this guy was with his master, then when you get caught for cheating, you're going to cheat more. You're going to say, I'm going to secure my place by taking more money away from my master, taking away from him. Um, to make sure that my spot is secure and that I have a safety net um, so that I don't have to beg in the streets or dig ditches. And so instead of saying that I got caught for being dishonesty and my response instead is going to be to apologize, to take responsibility from my actions and to figure out a way to repent and move forward, to turn my focus back to serving my master. Or in this instance, piggybacking on what Maya said at the beginning, choosing to serve God and not to serve wealth. Um, Because in this whole parable, we have his own wealth, his own personal circumstances superseding his relationship with God and with those around him. So I keep feeling like in this instance, it's like, well, I'm going to tell you what not to do by telling you what this man did. And then hopefully you can figure out how to live a more faithful life, that you can figure out um, that what I'm calling you to do is to be faithful and to put God first and to be responsible for what has been given to you. Yeah, and I, I think I like that, 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 um, I like that uh, distinction you made between faithful faith and dishonesty. And I think that it's... In my reading of this story, I'm kind of, I think that Jesus may be highlighting this idea that what the guy does, what the guy decides to do 
is to is not to collect the interest from these two people, but to give up the interest and put faith in those people that they would take him in when he is thrown out. And so I think there is like a faithfulness of this guy in the midst of his dishonesty, that he that he has gotten to this point by by his dishonesty and in the midst of this crisis has turned to his faith in other people that they would in some way repay him for his forgiveness of their debt. That that that, that idea of like faith is like letting go of that security, which I think yeah. is a cool idea. Well, and I think that that is an interesting conversation, continued conversation between you and I because I would agree with that interpretation about faith. And then I would also say that being faithful is staying true to what is needed of us, what is expected of us. And so I think that, you know, like when you look up a word in the dictionary, there's definition A and there's definition B. Um, Sometimes when a word can be interpreted different ways, I think that just like in this parable, in this section of the gospel that we're reading right now, that it's really neat that there are all of these different interpretations, that there are these different nuanced ways to read things and experience them. That's right. Yeah, you know what? We would love to know what you think of this story because we all obviously have different opinions and ideas and interpretations. So we want to hear from you. So please do send us any of those questions and comments and stories, but, but also let us know what you think about this parable. Like we, we want to know what, how you interpret Jesus's words here. Um, and, and when David says that, we really want to know. <laughs> I, I really, really want to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that is uh, three points that we've, uh, we've uh, put together, we've assembled over the course of this podcast. So uh, number one point was Maya's. And it was uh, this idea of Jesus kind of calling us back to examine our intentions and whether our, what our intentions are, whether those are building up the kingdom of God or kind of our own self-interest and security. Number two was mine, and it was about this idea, uh, my own interpretation of this story that uh, Jesus is uh, saying we, even those like challenging, frustrating uh, dishonest things, those messes we can get ourselves into. Even God can use even, and especially those things to bring us to that intention that God hopes for us. And number three was Charlotte's, and it was about uh, this Jesus using this kind of story, this negative example maybe, uh, in order to teach about the difference between that dis- that the opposite of dishonesty. Uh, is faithfulness. It is about um, letting go and, and believing that, that we will be taken care of instead of manipulating our way into our own sense of security and well-being. So uh, having heard that story and those three points, uh, Charlotte is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking this position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. 
I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, How much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into their eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Uh, We'll be back in your feed next week, uh, September 29th, proper 21 in your C. Uh, Make sure to uh, send us any of those questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or especially your interpretation of this gospel from this Sunday. You can send those to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. You can contact us through the website, www.myfaith2go.org, or you can Follow us and instant or direct message us on Instagram at Faith to Go. Make sure to look out for those uh, Faith to Go polls we put up every Monday, and uh, make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. And until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.